Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Play Podcast. Ryan and I are back in college, and we're ready to talk about the wildcard races and give you guys a standings update. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, and as you can see, the remote episodes are back. We're both moved into college, so it's been fun, but we're back to business here. Baseball's still in full swing. It didn't stop for us to move into college, so here we are, and the biggest news in the past week or so is the, the Tatis news, obviously. It's a been a little bit since then, but, I mean, it was a shock for sure. We gave our thoughts on our tw- Twitter thread as well as TikTok, so... Once again, you know the deal. Another plug for all our socials. Get more content than you will just only get here. But it was not the news I was expecting to see. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like if you were to make a short list of players that you would just be incredibly shocked by a PED suspension, Tatis would easily be on that list. Like, And we had no reason to believe that he may have been like under investigation for anything. It just randomly popped up. Uh, what day was it? It was, I think, like just a random weekday. And we're like, I, I never expected this to come out of the MLB offices. Never expected this to happen for Tatis in his career. But I mean, here we are like that. It's just it's kind of the truth now. I think it's pretty clear to everyone that Fernando was just cheating. And I guess an 80 game suspension. But it's and we talked about this a lot. It's terrible for baseball. It sucks for the Padres. But I mean, just for the MLB in general, for a player of Tatis's stature, his fame, his marketability, to go down to, to just simply cheating when he's already one of the best players in the league, it's it's just stupid. It's just devastating. Uh, I mean, there's not really nothing else you can say about it. Yeah, it was just very careless on his part. I mean, your team's in a big playoff race, World Series hopes, and I get. I mean, we we talked about it, probably he probably ended up taking it to try and come back quicker, but now it just delays his comeback. So. It inevitably hurted the team more than it helped the team. So uh, his intentions might have been okay, but that doesn't justify the cheating. I, I and, think it, uh, it, it just sucks for the Padres. And I think it was funny too how his excuse for it was picked apart in like a day or two. Like some people are like, I just didn't know I took it, but he want, he wanted to give a specific and his specific was just not factually correct. And so all these doctors, dermatologists, everything like that, uh, come out and, and pick it apart within a day or two. His dad said it was, he got ringworm from a haircut and it's like, it, I just, it's so easy to not believe athletes regularly when they say that, but when you make it something that can easily be disproven with like a little bit of research, that's just, it's just, it's careless. I mean, he's a young player. He's made some mistakes before with the motorcycle accident and stuff like that, and, uh, kind of failing to get the surgery at the right time, I think Padres fans would argue. But this is just, it's just another episode in the saga of Tatis maybe being a little in over his head. He's still a really young player. Like, he was so fun to watch, but uh, he's going to have to be considered like we consider all these other steroid users. I mean, he's he cheated, and uh, I'm glad he's getting 80 games for it, and maybe it gives him a chance to, to reset focus his mind, mature a little bit, and then and come back, you know, a stronger player physically and mentally. Absolutely. But let's get into the playoff race here. It's a good one. I mean, it's looking like we're going to have some good finishes down the stretch. Starting in the AL West, I mean, this is one of the more boring divisions, you could say. There's storylines within the division. We got Astros, Mariners, Rangers, Angels, A's, kind of as we've been for a while. 
in terms of the ranking of them. And believe it or not, the Mariners, they have the top wildcard spot, and they hold it by a game now. And uh, But we saw them into the All-Star break going that crazy, what was it, 14 games in a row, kind of put them into the wildcard picture. But, I mean, they've continued their streak, and now they sit as the top wildcard team. And you think the Mariners can hold that spot and break their uh, playoff drought? At this point, I'm more confident in them than I am in, than I am in any of these other teams that we're going to talk about that are in the AL wildcard race. Seattle's 65-54 and 54 right now. They, they only got better at the deadline by adding Luis Castillo. And so far, pretty much all the moves that they've made have, have paid off. They've, they, Castillo's been great when he's on the mound. They just got Mitch Hanniger back from injury. He's been, he's been great. They still have Ty France. They still have uh, J.P. Crawford. They still have Julio Rodriguez, who just came back from the I.L., and their starting rotation outside of Luis Castillo, it's still one of the best in baseball. You have Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert. So, like, those one through three, they're no slouch. And they the, the offense has been continuing to produce. And they're winning games against all the good teams in the AL outside of the Astros. I mean, the Astros are still the Mariners' daddy for the majority of this season. It feels like half the Astros' wins have come came against Seattle. But... The Mariners are competing against every other American League powerhouse, including a series win against the Yankees. They've been right up there with the Orioles, the the Blue Jays, the Rays. They've beat the Red Sox. They've been up there with most of the Central, too. So I'm pretty confident in the Mariners right now. Definitely. Um, I mean, you look at the Mariners. It's I, I don't know if I want to say they're for sure going to hold that top wild card spot, but I'm confident saying that they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to break their drought this year, right? Because, I mean, we can get into the AL East now as I'm going to kind of bridge this here. The Yankee, or not, the Rays and the Blue Jays are two and three on that wild card, who, they, like we said, sit a game back of them. But then after that, I believe it's the uh, Twins and then Orioles, like one or two back. Mm-hmm. So that's a two or three game cushion on missing out on a wild card spot for the Mariners. So I think, I think they like break this drought. And like you said, you mentioned all those guys. I mean, they're, they're, they, at the end of the day, their roster looks like a playoff team. And so it looks like they're going to be, and it's going to be exciting. And uh, it's going to be nice to have the Mariners back in the playoffs. I've We, we have never seen them in the playoffs in our lifetime. So that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny to say. That's pretty crazy that there's an MLB team out there that has not made the playoffs since we were born. I think that's just, that's just kind of crazy. We're, we're definitely aging ourselves a little bit. Um, but, yeah, when you have a playoff caliber roster, you are in sole possession of a high-ranking playoff spot, and you're trending upwards. I don't know why anyone would not think that the Mariners can break that drought this season. I, I, I'm really believing in them. 50, 65 and 54, they're 11 and a half back of the Astros, so we're not going to see any noise, I don't think, in the West. But holding on to the one seed in the wild card, or just holding on to two or three is definitely doable. I, I would expect it to happen at this point in the season and I think I think Mariners fans just have to be so pumped about that. Yeah, of course. And get into the AL East now. Yankees are another team. You know, we still think they have they have, they have control of this division. They're nine up. They're kind of like the Astros. That there's not going to be really any noise for the top of the division. But the Yankees are struggling, and we talked about that in our last episode. So if you want to hear us talk about just the Yankees, go back to our last episode. But if we really want to focus on the Rays and the Blue Jays here who are tied right now in, in the standings in the division and then the wild card for the second and third wild card spots. Blue Jays just kind of blew out the Yankees yesterday. So I, I still think the Blue Jays are a scary team. And if we talk about the Mariners, I, w- I was saying the Mariners might be pushed for that first wild card. I think it's going to be by the Blue Jays here. Just, I mean, 
that that's another roster that's just top to bottom. We, we thought they could have won the AL East this year before the Yankees went on their insane stretch. But right now it's the Rays and the Blue Jays, and you know what sucks is that we're losing hope a little bit for the Orioles. Their magical season still has a chance, but now they're a game and a half back and the second team out, so they still have to not jump not just that game and a half, but jump another team who's I think that's the twins who are a game back. So losing hope on the Orioles just a little bit. Would love to see them in there. But Rays and the Blue Jays, you think they're both playoff teams as we sit here? I mean, again, it's kind of like a if they're not who is and we're losing a little bit of hope in the Orioles. I'd find it hard to believe there's going to be two teams from the Central as we come down the stretch that end up in the playoffs. So I, I do think that the, the Rays and the Blue Jays are both going to make it. I mean, the Rays have been doing this for years. They always get in and then they make a little bit of noise. And the Blue Jays, they're only sitting at the, the point they're at right now because they've been on a little bit of a skid. I mean, they've been better than a 538 win percentage team for the majority of the year. So this is like one of their lower points they've been at in recent memory. And yet they're still in a playoff spot and they're nine games back. They're tied with the, with the Rays. So I believe in, in the Blue Jays that they're a better team than they've shown over these last this last week or two. Um, but I think it's interesting at the bottom of this division. So Boston's back to 59 and 60. ESPN has their playoff percentage at 10.4 to the Orioles at 2.2, who are two and a half games above the Red Sox and currently sit above 500 at 61 and 57. Do you think that those two numbers should flip flop? Like, are, are you fine with having the Red Sox at a higher playoff percentage than the, than the Orioles right now? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think either of them will make it. But in terms of the playoff percentage, I mean, you said two and a half back. Yeah, so the, uh, the Red Sox are on the Orioles. Yeah, but they're under five hundred. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know because looking at the Orioles team, who do they have? Whereas the Red Sox, they've got playoff experience, and I mean, we know as you get into late September and you're still in the wild card race or a playoff playoff race, those are basically playoff games. They get to playoff atmospheres. They mean as much as playoff games. So. Like the, these guys' playoff experience, you know that, that would that comes in handy when you're making a playoff push. So, I can, I can see the reasoning behind it, and it's not it's not too drastic of a percentage difference. Both very low chances to make the playoffs, and I don't think either of them will. Yeah, I think but, one thing that we should compare while we're talking about these two divisions too is the Yankees and the Astros because the Astros have recently surpassed the Yankees for the best record in the American League. The Astros seventy-seven and forty-three which uh, 642 win percentage and the Yankees are 73 and 46, a 613 win percentage. So the Astros almost a sizable amount above the Yankees now for the top spot in the American League. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the Astros are probably going to get that one seed. And going back to the Blue Jays a little bit too, I think whichever team, wherever the seedings end up, I think these teams should be scared of the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays can push either of these two teams in a series. And so I think, I mean, the Astros, I think they're going to keep their one seed. Just because you've seen what Verlander's doing. From her, I think they have the pitching advantage. So, I mean, it's a great team. and Both of these teams are just wonderful. And I think no matter what, we're going to get a good race. But I'm going to take the Astros. I mean, yeah. And that, the Astros, 
have just fantastic pitching and their offense like it'll compete with the Yankees everyone talks about Judge and Shohei for MVP I think number three on that list right now is Jordan Alvarez Um, they've got a a super hot hitter that we're going to talk about later in our three up three down segment they have Kyle Tucker they've got all these guys that like you know the Astros and you know they're going to hit in the playoffs too because that just tends to be what Houston does so I think we both predicted them to end up with the one seed coming out of the all-star break that prediction looks pretty good right now let's get to the central though it's Cleveland, 63 and 55. They actually lead the division right now. So not the Twins, not the White Sox. It is the Guardians. Then Minnesota is 61 and 55, a game back. Chicago, 61 and 58, two and a half games back. And no one at this point in the season cares about the Royals and the Tigers. They are both 16 and 19 games back, respectively. Yeah, this division, it's, it's going to be a good finish. I mean, the top three teams are separated by only two and a half games. The White Sox. Uh, Guardians, Twins, and White Sox. And we've seen the Guardians and Twins kind of flip-flop for that top spot. But the White Sox are still in it. They were streaking, and now they sit two and a half back. They were a game back at one point and had won five in a row. But it's looking like, as you mentioned, probably only one team from this division is going to make the playoffs. But it's not. it wouldn't be impossible for a second team to sneak in. Like we said, the Twins are only a game back, and then the White Sox are only a two and a half, two, I think, back of the mm-hmm. the third wild card so it's not impossible that this happens but right now it's looking like whoever wins the division is getting the playoffs and that might be it so the playoff percentages or i guess playoff chances for these three teams are 51.9 49.8 and 43.2 are the what order would you guess those to be in i would say twins guardians white Sox. It's right now the Guardians at 51.9. So I guess they, they they really take into account who's leading the division at the time. So almost 52% for Cleveland, almost 50% for Minnesota, and then the White Sox with the lowest of the bunch at 43.2%. You're right, they were streaking. I think they won, what was it, five wins in a row before they ran into the Astros, and the Astros put up like 20 runs on them yesterday. But uh, I, I think that... As of right now, this makes sense. I'm surprised to see Cleveland up here at this point in the season. Like, I think I remember earlier in the year, I said that their offense may be sneaky good compared to what we expected for them, but I didn't think they would be able to sustain it and have a you know a good shot at the playoffs at this point in, in the middle of August. Yeah, this is around where we expected the Twins to be, this record range kind of in the wild card race, but maybe not there. But we didn't expect them to be in the vision race because we thought that White Sox would kind of control this right now. And so White Sox are performing below standards. Twins are like right there and Guardians above it a little bit. And so that makes for three teams that are basically playing the same right now. They're only separated by a couple games. So it's going to be fun to watch as the Central goes down. But yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be fun to watch one of these teams though take a playoff spot when we could think, "Wow, this could have been the Orioles or this could have been someone else." But I'm not. I'm not expecting that the Central's gonna make a lot of noise in the playoffs. But they gotta have a team there. Are you sticking with the White Sox as your prediction? I'm gonna stick with the Twins. But I don't know. I've stuck with the White Sox all season. I don't think they've even led the division for a day yet. But just for the sake of it. Sticking with the White Sox. So Still in, believe in them. <laughs> in the American League, the wild card race, uh, Seattle, like we mentioned, is a game up. They hold the number one spot. Then the Rays are in second tied with the Blue Jays behind them. Minnesota, game and a half. Baltimore, two and a half. And Chicago, three and a half, three games back. And Boston is five games back. After that, kind of doesn't matter. But 
Right now, the three are Seattle, Tampa Bay, Toronto in that order. And Minnesota is right there uh, at the bottom of the pecking order, trying to get in, but also trying to crack uh, Cleveland for that division lead. Yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, this, with the exception of the Central, like I said, I'm still taking the White Sox. I'd say this is how the playoffs end up. I, I think you get the White Sox in the Central, and then Astros, Yankees, one and two, and then these three wildcard teams. So we'll see how it plays out, though. Uh, down the stretch prediction, Blue Jays or Rays, who are you giving the edge to as they're tied right now? Blue Jays. Yeah, I think so, too. I just think that they have a little bit more firepower. I mean, the Rays can throw out pretty much anyone and have them go almost eight perfect innings and and, and bow, or you know vie for a perfect game. But I think that the consistency day-to-day of the Blue Jays hitting, and I think they're coming around a little bit more. They just got George Springer back. Uh, Vladdy's tearing the cover off the ball this second half. Once they get a real solid manager um, to... to manage these young players. I think they're going to be a dangerous team in the future. This season, though, they're just trying to kind of trying to outlast, make their way to the playoffs. I believe in them. I think a little bit more than the Rays for that second wild card spot. Yeah, now let's get into the NL. We'll start in the NL West. I mean, we got the Dodgers, Padres, Giants, D-backs, Rockies, as it's been for quite some time now. And the Giants, they're now 500, you know, playing a little better recently. They're still five and a half games back of the wild card. So, you know, it's not looking like they'll be a playoff team but you know crazier things have happened so uh and then padres they now hold the third wild card spot which they did last week where we talked about the phillies we'll get into them later but they hold the third wild card spot so they're still there after their recent skid and then obviously the tatis news like we talked about there's still two games up but i mean is there anything to be concerned about with the padres playoff chances I don't think so. I mean, right now their playoff odds sit at 71.2%. So uh, projections still still give them the edge to be a wild card team. And like, I think people forget, like, even without Tatis, they were a playoff team so far this year. I was like, yeah, it would have helped to try and hunt down the Dodgers or compete against some of these bigger teams in the playoffs with him because he's one of the best players in the league. But they just added Juan Soto, who I think is a better player than Fernando Tatis. So like, this is a team that was a playoff team the first half, added... Soto, Bell, Jury, Hater, who we're going to talk about later because he's not quite the same player as he was in Milwaukee for San Diego so far. But they added all this talent to an already playoff team that is going to come together. And I really am not worried about them making the playoffs. Winning a playoff series, we'll have to see. But I'm not concerned about them being a wildcard team, especially because like the next options right now are like Brewers and Giants who are just not playing to the level that we expected them to this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they were separated by a half game or a game, I'd maybe be there for two games. It's a little bit of a cushion there. Like you said, the other teams are Brewers, Giants. So I think, yeah, if you look at them, I think they're still a wild card team. But, I mean, let's get into the NL East because do you think the Phillies can keep that second wild card and push the Padres out to the third spot? I can't believe that I've gone from like, no, no chance. Phillies are not making the playoffs. Absolutely no way. I'll, I'm never going to say it to last week saying that – I do think they're going to make the playoffs. And this week, thinking, oh my God, they could actually legitimately be the second wildcard team. I'm going to say that they can, but I'm going to predict they don't. I think they're the three seed um, because I think the Padres push it a little bit more and they start to gel a little bit. When when Manny and Juan and all those guys start hitting at the same time, this team's going to be crazy. But I, I, yeah, I think safely I can say that the, the Padres, I would expect to be the two, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies hold on. And, I mean, get into the bigger picture. Wouldn't you almost rather have 
the third wild card because then you're running into the Cardinals or Brewers if they get it rather than the Braves there in that series. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I it, it's it's not often you have a wild card team that is miles better than a division winner. But the two centrals in, in both the American League and the National League are clearly going to be one of, if not the single weakest team in the playoffs. So um, I, I would definitely rather play the Cardinals than have to play the Braves. Um, but is if you play the Cardinals, then do you match up with the Dodgers the next round? I'm trying to remember how the seeding works. Um, no, you do not. The, the top two wild cards, the winner of that place, the one seed. Okay. And then, yeah, then I'd absolutely be the, I'd, I'd absolutely rather be the three. That's that's crazy that you can be the three and, and avoid playing the Dodgers until the championship series. Yeah. And uh, kind of talked about Braves and Phillies now, but as the NLEs, it's Mets, Braves, Phillies, Marlins, Nationals. Mets have kind of taken control of the division. They won a few games against the Braves last week, and they're playing them again right now, or they just finished the series. They're three and a half games up at the end of it. But it seems like they're going to win the division. They kind of have control of it. But the Braves and Phillies, I mean, like like I said, they're one and two in the playoff race. So be interesting to see if this division can be a three-team playoff. Yeah, we went from the NL East a couple years ago being the laugh, laughing stock of the MLB to having three legitimate powerhouse teams in prime playoff positions the Mets have been fantastic now they go up against the Yankees they got DeGrom and Scherzer going in that series so you could see the Yankees lose yet another series the Braves are 73 and 47 which is a division they would win the Central they would win the AL Central and they right now they would be I think they're a game back of the Yankees and the Yankees are like up on their division by nine games. So the Braves are a fantastic team. Even though they lost a couple games to the Mets, they're nine and one in their last 10. They've got like the best rookie class I've ever seen. They have Spencer Strider, who we've given rookie of the month to multiple times. Michael Harris has been on a tear. They just gave him a eight year, like $72 million extension. They just called up Von Grissom, one of their highest prospects. And he's like gotten on base and scored from first on singles pretty much every game he's played so far. So I'm just, it's just crazy how much young talent that team has and it's all locked up. So it's going to be so fun to watch the Braves for years to come. But those three teams, I think, right now, solidly, definitely going to make the playoffs. And the Phillies could even vault up to, or and stick on to that number two wild card spot and have it be division winner, one wild card, and number two wild card. Absolutely, and kind of that's all you need to say about them. I think you're dead on there. I think Braves and Phillies are both playoff teams because it's another situation where who else? I just don't think the Brewers and Giants will be there. But getting into the Central, it's Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, and the Cardinals are starting to take control of the division. They have a, th- a three-game lead, and the Brewers are the first team out of the wild card. They're one game behind, but three games back of the division, like we said. And we both predicted the Cardinals to win the division last week in our last episode. But do you think at this point it's almost the Cardinals' division to lose, and we kind of like they're supposed to win the division at this point? Yeah, definitely. The The problem with, for the Brewers, which I think you will know more than others, is they have to play the Dodgers like a thousand times over these next couple of weeks. Uh, they just got off a series with them, which I think they they held their own pretty well. But they they, yeah, they've got they've got a lot of tough games, including some tough games against the Dodgers. I don't know the intricacies of the Cardinals schedule, but when you have a three game division lead and you've been trending that way for the past month or so, I would say at this point in the season, it is your division to lose as we've only got like a month left of baseball. I think the Cardinals have to hold on to this division um and i think they will but 
the the Brewers pitching is something that I'm, I'm I can never deny. When you can have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta go, and they've got Devin Williams turned into a closer now, like I still want to believe in the Brewers. But right now, just at this at the spot we're at right now, where they're three games back of the Cardinals and they haven't been playing their best ball, I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. And let's get into the bigger playoff picture in the National League. Dodgers and Mets have that bye. It looks like it's probably going to be that way, one and two. Then right now, it's Cardinals, Padres, Braves, Phillies. So that's our playoff picture right now. Same thing, like I said, in the AL. I think maybe the seating changes a little bit, but I think it's going to stay that way in terms of the teams that are in. But we'll see. I mean, we got some good playoff races and anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee is, is a game back of the Padres for that third wild card spot, and the Giants are five and a half back. So we'll see if any crazy runs um, come on. I mean, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, we've seen stranger things happen. But uh, right now, I think that I'm pretty confident about the three teams that are there, just about what, what order they're in, two and three, and then who wins that central division. Let's get into three up, three down, which is pretty much what we've been doing on Instagram and Twitter recently, uh, which is kind of just like the stock market, you know, who's up, who's down, teams, players, random MLB things. And we just get to talk about who's playing well, who's not playing well, uh, and other stuff like that. So we're going to continue this series on our socials, but we figured that we would just kind of reference it since it's been a little bit of time since you guys have seen from us, starting with the first up, which is the one, one of the ones I chose. It's Alex Bregman and the Astros. Alex Bregman is that crazy star like that's popping off for the Astros I mentioned earlier. He went 9 for 19 last week with three home runs, eight RBIs, and eight runs, and that's a great week. And yesterday... He went four for six with two home runs, two doubles, six RBIs, and four runs. And I know this, uh, he put up 22 fantasy points, which is like a regular week for most hitters. We mentioned the Astros have the best record in the AL after this streak. Uh, they're clearly a team on the rise, which is crazy because they were already a division leader and one of the better teams in baseball. And keeping it in the AL West for our next up, it's the Mariners' playoff chances, which we talked about a lot. But like I said, they're game and a half or a game up on the wild card. So. Mariners looking like they're going to break their streak like we talked about. Yeah, it's crazy because I remember how easily we wrote them off earlier. Pretty much everyone wrote them off. They just didn't look like a good baseball team. Just point blank, didn't look like a good baseball team. And now they've got a chance to have the number one wildcard spot and, and a great AL. So I think that's interesting. You want to talk about uh, Vinny Pasquantino? Yeah, that's our final up. And uh, this one has no playoff implications, but maybe sign of things to come. Maybe a little bit for the Royals. He won Player of the Week last week. He's a rookie, so he won Player of the Week for the entire league. He has a 251 WRC Plus in the last 14 days. So a bright spot for the Royals and Vinny Pascontino, looking good. Another player you just have to add to that vaunted list of American League rookies so far this year. Good for the Royals. I mean, when you're, what are they, where they were like 20-something games back in the division and they're not a very good baseball team. To have a guy come up and give you a little bit of life that you haven't seen a ton from Bobby Witt Jr. this season, you haven't seen from some, some of the other rookies that you've brought up like MJ Melendez, I think it's good for Vinny Pasquantino and that is one hell of a name. Three down, starting with the Yankees. Had a stretch of five straight series losses. They went 2-11 and 11 over a stretch. They're turning it back around a little bit. That Donaldson Grand Slam helped a ton, but the Yankees are, are definitely a team on the decline. Definitely, and like we said, still think they're controlling that division. But next guy going down is Josh Hader. You know, he hasn't pitched much for the Padres, but he's given up four and runs in seven, seven and two-thirds innings now after yesterday in the second half. Uh and he blew his first saved save attempt for the Padres. Uh, 
is just not getting kind of the swings and misses like he normally does. And it's just, and I mean, just yesterday, for example, Darvish goes eight and a third innings, leaves in a one to one game, and then Hader comes in, went two thirds innings pitched, and left. It was three to one going into the bottom of the ninth. Granted, I mean, the runs he gave up were inherited, so they weren't technically his runs. But from a guy like Josh Hader, you're kind of expecting him to kind of just shut down no matter the situation, no runs are scoring. But it hasn't been that way. And it was the way it happened, too. I think he hit the first battery faced and then walked in the go-ahead run and eventually gave up a sack fly for the other run. It's just like, it's just not Josh Hader, like not the guy that the Brewer or the Padres thought that they were paying the Brewers for. So unfortunate, hopefully he, he fixes it because he's, he's one of the best relievers in baseball and he's super fun to watch when he's on. The final one down is kind of a lot of players. It's just big name rookies. Uh, this is kind of the, the period that we've seen this season so far where rookies are just on the decline a little bit, striking out, not hitting the ball all that well. O'Neill Cruz, Jeremy Pena, Bobby Witt, Seiya Suzuki, Riley Green are all in the bottom 20 players in the league for WRC Plus in the last two weeks. The highest of that list, Riley Green at 44, and then O'Neill Cruz at 13, Alec Thomas, we mentioned too, negative seven. So just it's tough for rookies at this point. It is, and I mean, that kind of wraps up our three up, three down. If you want to see more, you know, just tune into our socials every week. That's been it for us. You know, follow all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all of them, our website, you know, the pointing. But we've been the Double Play Podcast. Thank you guys for listening or watching.